0: Um, But yeah, thanks. uh, Thanks so much for being here. Uh, My name is Donnie. I am one of your staff members and just really glad uh, to see people here uh, tonight. So thanks for joining us, whether you are uh, live and in person or checking us out on our live stream or listening to our podcast at some point uh, later on. Uh, Quick note to our live streamers and podcasters, uh, next week is a worship night and that just doesn't really translate super well into live stream or podcast. So those things won't be happening. So live streamers, podcasters, how about come in person if you can next week? That would be cool. So, I don't know. Um, But yeah, so, just want to welcome you again. Just just glad you're here as we continue our theme of story time. Every year we have a theme, uh, and we paint the room accordingly, so as you see that. And and story time, we really got this idea uh, from from this little version of the Bible called the Jesus Storybook Bible, which I realize it looks like a children's Bible, because it is. But, as it says over here, every story whispers his name. And so, the, the, the his name that it's talking about there is Jesus. And so, what this does, what this Jesus story Bible does is, you know how, like every Disney movie, there's the stuff that's funny for kids, but then there's the jokes that the parents get to laugh at? You know, like some like some of uh, some of Aladdin's Im- impressions in the original Aladdin by Robin Williams. When you're like, that was just for the parents. When he does the Groucho Marx things, for example, um, you hold like, who's Groucho Marx? I don't know, um, but that did not go wow. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of that's kind of what the Jesus Storybook Bible does. Is you have the you know the traditional Bible stories, but then at the end there's this part that just kind of points to Jesus, and and it's important that. These stories, show, that these stories are shown to point to Jesus because that's our theme verse, John 5, 39. Jesus saying, the scriptures point to me. Jesus is basically saying that the whole Bible is about him. Now, when Jesus said this, there, there wasn't a Bible yet. There were a bunch of, of scrolls that make up uh, what is now the first part of the Bible, but he was telling people, look, all of that is about me. So even if you see this, this storybook Bible idea, I not you to think that we're looking at stories in the Bible all year long, we're looking at, we're looking at the story of the Bible uh, all year long. And the story of the Bible is the story of Jesus. So that's what we've been doing uh, all year long. Uh, it's crazy for me to think that right now this is our seventh dinner to message, and we're still technically in the first book of the Bible. Um, this story comes at the end of Genesis, which is the very first book of the Bible, which is kind of like, man, at this rate, we're not getting very far. But that's okay. Pace is going to pick up. I promise. Maybe. Um, (laughs) No, it it is really because the story of the Bible doesn't have another story in Genesis, so we're obviously going to move on uh, from that. But uh, excited to continue tonight. Uh, I'm just going to level with you. Tonight's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge to uh, give this talk. It's going to be a challenge for us to receive this talk because it is a uh, weighty and heavy but super important uh, topic. So before we go any further, uh, let me pray for us real quick. Uh, God, thank you uh, that you are good and that you never let us down. Uh, honestly, God, I'm really leaning on that right now because this uh, this is a tough topic tonight. And God, I just pray that you would give us all uh, the courage to, to stay and not just stay, but be present and be here and, and hear what you're wanting to say to each of us. God, I, I, just, I just trust that you've brought each person here that is here tonight uh, because there is something that you want to say. And I just... I just ask more than anything that you would get me out of the way of what you wanted to say and just speak through me uh, and for me and just make it good because that's, that's what you do. Uh, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, Sarah Cat, I'm sorry. I have to adjust this. So <laughs> <laughs> I was trying not to, but it was just, just, just way down there. Um, have you ever heard the expression, be careful what you ask for, you just might get it? Yep. Yes, and have you experienced that? Yep. Yeah, probably so. You know, maybe there was that class that you were like, I really need this class, and you got in and was like, I did not need this class. <laughs> maybe there was that date that you really wanted to go on, and then you finally got it, and you were sitting there at the date like, hmm. Maybe they'll go to the bathroom soon and I can just get out of here. <laughs> maybe. No, I've never done that. Some of you have thought it and you're judging me for even bringing it up. <laughs> I like no, I maybe, good grief. Maybe you're hoping somebody will call and you could be like, oh, this is an emergency. I got to go. And it's somebody asking if you want to extend your car's warranty. But you don't care. It's an emergency at that point. Uh, maybe there was that job that you really wanted and then you get it and you're like, this is not good. Um, I think we've we've, We've all had experiences like that. Now, similarly, sometimes you've got to be careful what you ask for in prayer. You've got to be careful what you pray for. Uh, oftentimes, people will tell me things like, I just wish I was more patient. And I'm always like, well, don't pray to be more patient. Because there's only way to be more patient. Only one way. And that's for something to happen that tests your patience. So it's just like, careful. Uh, we're going to take that even a step further uh, tonight and talk about something that I don't know that anybody ever wants to be more of or to have have opportunities to express more often, because if you would, I would just got to ask why. But like, how many of us want opportunities to be more forgiving? And I think the answer is probably none of us, because the only way to practice forgiveness is for somebody to wrong you. And so I just, I just want to give us a heads up tonight that tonight is going to be tough. Okay, not so much, I mean, I think some of the stuff I'm going to say is going to be tough, but... I think like right now a lot of us have names and faces going through our head just at the mention of forgiveness and we're just like mm-mm. And so I, I'm I'm asking you to 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 stay dialed in and tuned in tonight. I you know, I don't know I don't know all of your stories. Some of you I don't know any of your stories, some of you I know a good bit of it, but I know we've all got our stuff and we've all got things that that we haven't forgiven yet, things that have been uh, said about us, done to us. So this is going to be tough, but I, I have, I'm always clear when I talk about how following Jesus will make you better at life and make your life better. I never say it'll make your life easier. Okay, in some ways it will, but in some ways it'll make it so much harder. Because, yeah, we all have stuff, right? We're all like, well, if we want to start making a list of things, of reasons that I have not to forgive people, I got a bunch of them. Well, I think if you were to make your list... There's a dude named Joseph who'd be like, oh yeah, watch this. And the Joseph story is super helpful because when we see forgiveness as being more about us and not the person who has wronged us, it really changes it. And forgiveness is hard. I'm not going to stand up here and try to say it's not because it's very hard. But we're all better off because of it. Okay, so we're going to look at Joseph's story. The Joseph story in the story of the Bible is one of the longer ones in here. So I'm going to kind of give you the, um, what is it, Sparks notes? It was Cliff notes back in my day. Um, I don't know who Cliff was, but he made, he made Romeo and Juliet make a little bit of sense to me at least. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to like give you the uh, super abridged version before we get into some of the specifics, that the end of the story of the Joseph story from the story of the Bible. So Joseph is one of 12 brothers, and he is daddy's favorite, and everybody knew it. He got a cool, fancy robe. His brothers hate him. He had these dreams about his brothers bowing down to him, and he told them that. Now, I'm an only child. I don't fully understand sibling dynamics, but I think if your brothers hate you, telling them a story about a dream where they bow down to you is probably not the best of ideas. So, surprise, surprise, they want to kill him. But then one of them is like, we won't make any money if we kill him. Let's sell him into slavery and then fake his death. So they do that. They're out, and this, this traveling band of traders comes by, and they're like, hey, you got some silver? They're like, yeah, they're like, here, take our little brother. They're like, what? Just take him. And so they take him to, these people take him down to Egypt. He gets sold to a man named Potiphar who is... Uh, kind of a, a government official under Pharaoh, and he starts working in Potiphar's house. And pretty quickly, Potiphar's like, "This Joseph dude's a good dude. He's taking care of all my stuff. He's he, he keeping an eye on everything." To the point that Potiphar pretty much stops paying any attention to Joseph because he knows he's going to do what he's, knows he's going to do what he's supposed to be doing. The problem for Joseph is that while Potiphar's not paying attention to him, Mrs. Potiphar is, and Mrs. Potiphar's all like, mm, and he's like, mm. And then she's like, he did this. And so Potiphar's like, oh, you got to go to jail now. He didn't do anything, but that's what happens. And so Joseph's in jail, and the warden realizes, this Joseph dude's a good dude. I should put him in charge of things. And so he starts doing stuff. And the warden pretty much just sits in his office all the time and doesn't really think about anything, just lets, uh, lets Joseph handle everything, kind of like Shawshank Redemption, I guess. Um, But then two of of his fellow prisoners have dreams. They're like, we don't know what these dreams mean. And Joseph's like, I do. And he tells them. And it happens exactly like Joseph says. One of them dies. Sorry, bad interpretation. One of them gets out of prison and ends up back in Pharaoh's court. And Joseph's like, hey, when you get to Pharaoh's court, tell my story. And the dude's like, will do. Nope, totally forgets. Until like 14 years later or something, Pharaoh has a couple of dreams. And the guy's like, oh, there was that dude in prison. He can, he can interpret dreams. And Pharaoh's like, well, go get him out of prison. And so they bring him, and Pharaoh's like, I got these dreams. And Joseph's like, all right, what are the dreams? And he tells him, he's like, got you. And so he tells him, the first dream means ooh, it's going to be awesome for seven years. Crops all over the place, great harvest, it's going to be great. But the next seven years, famine, going to be rough. So you know what you should do, Pharaoh? You should put somebody who knows what's up in charge of all of the crops for the next seven years so that he can save it up, and then it'll be there for the seven years that are going to be really bad. And Pharaoh's like, that's a good idea. I should get somebody to do that. You want to do it? Joseph's like, duh, I'm the one to do it. So then all the good harvest and stuff, and Joseph takes a 20% tax. On all the harvest, and they start, they start uh, all the grain, all the seed, all this, they save it up to the point that they stop counting it. And the Egyptians were pretty smart dudes, so if the numbers got that big, they're just like, oh, forget it, we're not counting more. And then the famine hits, and everybody's like, oh man, what do we do? Pharaoh, what do we do? Pharaoh's like, I don't know, Joseph, what do we do? And Joseph's like, give me your money, I'll give you food. They're like, okay, cool. And so they do that. And then word spreads outside of Egypt, hey, there's food in Egypt. And Joseph's family, back where they live, is like, I've heard there's food in Egypt. And Joseph's dad's like, boys, go get us some food. And they're like, all right, cool. And then they show up to get food, who's going to sell it to them? Joseph! They don't recognize him, but that's where we are. They came and knelt before the new prince. His brothers didn't know that the prince was Joseph. But Joseph knew who they were, and Joseph's dream, the one about his brothers bowing down to him, was coming true. It's me, Joseph cried. Surprise! When they saw it was Joseph, his brothers were afraid. They had wronged Joseph. They had sinned, and they knew it. Now Joseph would certainly punish them. But Joseph looked at his brothers, and his eyes filled with tears. Even though his brothers had hurt him and hated him and wanted him dead, in spite of everything, he couldn't stop loving them. His heart, which they had broken, filled up with love, and Joseph forgave them. Joseph threw his arms around them. Don't be afraid, he said. Behind what you were doing, underneath everything that was happening, God was doing something good. God was making everything right again. Joseph didn't punish them. He rescued them. He brought God's special family to live safely with him in Egypt. And here's the whisper of Jesus' name. One day, God would send another prince, a young prince whose heart would break. Like Joseph, he would leave his home and his father. His brothers would hate him and want him dead. He would be sold for pieces of silver. He would be punished even though he had done nothing wrong. But God would use everything that happened to this young prince, even the bad things, to do something good, to forgive the sins of the whole world. Imagine being Joseph's brothers and realizing that there's your brother that you sold into slavery. The Genesis account actually has the brothers talking. It's like, didn't we just completely ignore him when he was weeping to us and begging not to sell him? And they're like, and they just, they have to think that's it. Life is over. And he forgives them. I mean, he, I don't think we have any idea what their expression had to be. But I think more than anything, what Joseph did, aside from how it made him feel, I think it got their attention because that's what forgiveness does. You know, if you've heard stories about people forgiving things that just seem way over the top... You, It gets your attention. Stories in the news. I remember several years ago, uh, there was an Amish community where a man went into the school in the Amish community and just murdered a bunch of kids and then took his own life. And the Amish community rallied around that man's family because, as they put it, well, they lost somebody just like we did. You know, or, or stories about people who were convicted of crimes, and then at the sentencing hearing, the victims or the victims' families asked the judge for leniency. I have a friend whose, uh, whose stepfather uh, was killed by a drunk driver. And, and uh, this friend of mine lost his, his biological dad early in life, so his stepfather really raised him. And at the sentencing hearing, everyone in my friend's family was telling the judge, Maximum sentence. Put put this, and it was a college kid, so y'all's age. Put him away. Put him away for as long, he's taken a lot from us, he needs to have a lot taken from him. But my friend, when it came her time to speak, he didn't talk to the judge. He talked to the young man who had taken his stepfather's life. And he told him he forgave him. You know, or we take it all the way back to, to Jesus in Luke 23, 34, when Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If you're not familiar with this story, Jesus says this while he is hanging on the cross. Jesus asked God to forgive the people that are killing him while they're killing him. And we hear stories like, we hear Jesus doing that, we hear about my my friend or people like that in, in um, sentencing hearings or things about horrific news stories, and we just think it's crazy. I could never do that. So our question for tonight is, why is it so hard for me to forgive? If we know it's so powerful, if we know it's so attention-getting, if we know it impacts people, if we know it can literally make a difference in people's lives, why is it still so hard for me to forgive? You know, I think there's a lot of reasons behind that. I think one is that we feel like there's just a lot involved in forgiveness. There's just a ton to it, and it's hard to understand. Maybe it's because of what we think forgiveness is, and that makes it really, really hard to do for some of us. So what we're going to do here for the next little bit is talk a lot about what forgiveness is and what it isn't. If you follow us on Instagram over the course of the last couple of days, you, you saw a poll. Uh, where, where I, I, I asked about some things that forgiveness is and forgiveness is not and gave you all the opportunity, honestly, to help me write this part of the talk. Um, so one of the polls was, was looking at these statements, that forgiveness is all of these things. Now, I'm going to step over here, and I, want, I really want you to get out your phone and take a picture of the screen, because I, I, I want us all to just... Thank you, Riley. Um, I want us to, to have this where we can look back at it. Okay, now, let me tell you one thing while you're taking the picture. You notice the slashes. This, this was initially um, seven statements, um, but insta-polls will only let you do four options, so I had to combine ones that I thought were uh, kind of similar. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through each of these. This is, this is going to stay up there for a, a good bit. We're going to go through each of them. I'm going to try to proportion out the time kind of based on how the poll went. So I'll talk about some a little more briefly uh, than others. I'm basically going to start at the top and, and, and work, my way, uh, work my way down. It's kind of in reverse order. The top was the least common vote, and then down there at the bottom. Uh, but, okay, forgiveness is canceling a debt owed to you or giving a gift to your offender and yourself. Nobody likes debt. Y'all are college students, loans. I mean, but think of, what's it called. It's called student loan forgiveness, because because it's it's a debt that you're but here's the thing: being in debt is no fun, but trying to collect isn't either i mean it's it's problematic for everybody so so forgiveness cancels that debt, and that's a gift. My friend who forgave the 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 young man that um that killed his stepfather, I mean he gave him a gift, and hearing my friend tell the story, the young man was just completely emotionless, and stone-faced while everybody else was telling the judge what to do to him. As soon as my friend forgave him, he just broke down and wept. Just a a release. Okay, forgiveness is also removing control the offender has over you and wanting good for your offender. Removing control. Here I think about something that Nelson Mandela said after he was finally released from South African prison. He was asked, have you forgiven your captors? And he said, yes. Yes. Well, how can you do that? And hear this. If I don't, they still have me in prison. Not forgiving people is letting them live rent-free in your head. I mean, it really is. Now, I understand. It, it, it seems like a big jump to me from removing control to wanting good for your offender. I get that. Okay? Okay. The wanting good for the person that has wronged you, that seems like way down the road in forgiveness, but that speaks to the third one, that it's an ongoing process. Okay? Somebody ever sits you down and is like, you need to forgive me or somebody else right now? No. Okay? Forgiveness is on your timetable. But here's the thing. It's a process, meaning you're constantly going that direction. Not, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it, okay, one day I'll finally do it. It's a process. Uh, My my wife Beth and I had just been dating for a few months uh, when I told her uh, that I had a problem with porn. And she was not able to forgive me right then. It took some time. It took me nearly two and a half years to forgive the people that Went behind my back and said all sorts of things to the principal of the school that I was working at that led to me no longer working at that school. Legit, it took me like two and a half years. Okay, I'd worked there for seven years. So it, it, it took some time. Um, someone... Um, Someone many years ago had just been really mean to Beth, which if you know my wife Beth, you're like, how could somebody do that? It's like, I know, right? Uh, But they'd just been super mean uh, to Beth. And I found out that this person was working at the place that was our voting location when we went in to vote. And so this was like 10 years ago. So Lexi, our oldest, she was like four. And so I took her with me to vote for primary, general, and runoff because I did not trust myself if I bumped into that person. But I got to the point to where, all right, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to take Lexi now. I'll, 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 I'll be okay. Um, and even to the point that, yet, that I actually do want good for them. Um, every now and then, um, people that have wronged me pop into my head, and I'm good praying for them. Now, you don't have to be there right now, but you need to be willing to work to get there. Okay, I remember being somewhere, uh, hanging out with a bunch of friends, and we found out somebody else was on their way. And one of my friends was like, "I'm out. I can't be around them." And I was like, "Okay, I get that, but you need to work on that, and pray on that, and talk to God about that, so that if this happens in six months, you're more okay with them being here. It's got to be a process." So don't hear that. Don't just hear, oh, Donnie said nobody can tell me when, when, when I have to forgive. It's up to me. It is, but it's a process, not a I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. Okay, now I'll finally do it because they've, they've been punished enough by being not forgiven. That's not how it works, y'all. That's not how God works. Okay, and the last one, forsaking revenge, leaving ultimate justice in God's hands. Revenge doesn't work. Let me give you a sports analogy because that's kind of what I know. In baseball, it's pretty common for a pitcher to, on purpose, hit a batter on the other team. And so what happens the next half inning? Their pitcher hits the next guy. It's like, yeah, we showed them. It's like, yeah, you sure did. You just gave them a free base runner. It's remarkable how often that base runner comes around to score, and you're like, was it worth it? Was that revenge really, really worth it? And it's not. And I remember talking to a student, this was years ago, who um, had been wronged by somebody. I'm not going to say they weren't, they hadn't been. Um, but they went after revenge. And, and I, I talked to him. I was just like, look, that's just not how, that's not how things work in, in God's family. That's not how things go. And this person told me, it's like, well, that's the way things work in my family. That's way my mom's raised me. If somebody gets you, you get them back bigger. I was like, Okay. I said, is that how dad works? They're like, no, dad is so chill, so relaxed, nothing bothers him. And I said, who's happier, mom or dad? Oh, dad, without question, he's so much, (laughs) wait, do you think that could, Uh uh-huh, yeah, I think that's related, because besides y'all, it's not trying to get revenge, you're not, when you're going for revenge, you're not going for justice. Leaving justice in God's hands, he's the only impartial judge that there is. We've got to be willing to leave it to him. That's what forgiveness is, is letting God deal with it. You know, maybe maybe your answer to why is it so hard for me to forgive is one of those things. Maybe because forgiveness is forsaking revenge, you're just like, nah, I don't want to do that. Or maybe you don't like the idea of, a, of an ongoing process. Um, I, I, I don't know. But those are some things that forgiveness is. Here are some things forgiveness is not. Get your phones back out and take another picture. Okay, same thing. There were initially seven of these. Uh, combined them. I feel like these combinations work a little bit better than actually the forgiveness is ones. Um, again, Top was the least common answer in the poll. Bottom was the most common, so I'm going to try to talk about each of them a little bit. Forgiveness is not trusting. You can forgive somebody, but not put yourself in that position again. Okay, the example I used to say when, when uh, Beth and, and my two girls were, were younger is if we hired a babysitter and the babysitter came to our house and watched our girls and mistreated them, we could forgive that babysitter, but that babysitter would never, never babysit for us again. There's just no way. You can, forgiveness doesn't mean you have to trust them. Forgiveness is not denying that sin occurred or covering up crimes that are committed against us. When somebody apologizes to you for wronging you, don't tell them it's okay. Tell them I forgive you because it's not okay. Okay, you don't, you, don't, you don't apologize for things that are okay. That's the denying thing. Don't deny that wrong was done. And covering up crimes, please hear this, you can forgive somebody and still press charges. Okay, you can press charges initially. At some point before it comes to trial, realize you've forgiven them, but not drop the charges. Forgiveness and justice are not mutually exclusive. Not only can they coexist, they should. Okay, so, oh, you're a Christian, you've got to forgive them. Yeah, and I can get there. But that doesn't mean they don't still need to spend some time in jail for what they did to me. Maybe the hardest one, that forgiveness is not responding to an apology necessarily. It's not reconciling. Okay, Luke 23, doesn't say, and the people crucifying Jesus asked him, to, asked him to forgive them. It's not there. Jesus forgave them even though they didn't ask Him to. The folks that I mentioned earlier on and how I had to do some ongoing process uh, of, of forgiveness I think if you were to ask either one of them right now they would tell you they didn't do anything wrong I, I honestly think that see the thing about the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation is reconciliation is a two-way street okay somebody repents somebody forgives But repentance and forgiveness are one-way streets that might not meet. You can repent and the person not forgive you. But you can also forgive them even if they don't repent for whatever they did to you. And that's really hard because it doesn't seem fair. Forgiveness is your part when you're the one that's been wronged. Repenting is theirs. They may never repent for wronging you, but that's not on you. But if you don't eventually forgive them, that is on you. And I understand that that's hard, especially in a lot of super extreme cases that somebody can just not be sorry and you still need to forgive them. Forgiveness is also not enabling sin or forgetting. The Bible never says forgive and forget. It is not in there. It is not in there. If it is, it's in there right next to God helps those who help themselves in the book of Second Opinions. Okay? It is not in the Bible. And people say, well, yeah, but it does say that God will remember our sins no more. Yeah. But let me ask you a question. Does God forgetting your sins, which doesn't make any sense. God knows everything, so He can't forget. Okay? Does God forgetting your sin and and loving you, or does God knowing that you sinned and forgiving you of those sins and still knowing about those sins, and He still loves you? Like, which one's more loving? Loving because you forgot the wrong they did, or loving in spite of the wrong they did, that's how God works. I mean is it that's that's just more loving God doesn't he doesn't forget it's just that he doesn't count our sins against us when you when you when you look at original language and it talks about God remembering our sins no more, that's what it means. It means, like You've seen courtroom drama shows where the judge is like, the jury will disregard that statement. No, they won't. <laughs> they're not going to dis. They're going to be like, mm, yep, mm, yep, he's guilty now. It's like, oh, we got to disregard that. <laughs> Whatever. Because people can't do that. God can. Okay? And God does. So it's not forgetting. It's not enabling either. If you want to enable sin, keep telling people that's okay. That's enabling. Okay, but that's okay is not forgiveness. And, and I, I understand why we say that's okay instead of I forgive you because when we say that's okay, it's just it's more comfortable. Because when I tell you I forgive you, that is me telling you you did something wrong. And we don't, we don't like doing that. It's uncomfortable. But again, forgiveness isn't easy. Following Jesus will make your life better and make you better at life. It will not make it easier. Sometimes it will, but when it comes to forgiveness, it will not. So maybe your answer to why is it so hard for me to forgive is one of those things that forgiveness is not. Because maybe you think forgiveness is one of those things. Now, one thing I want to say real quick, because I know some of those I I, I rushed through, and and some of you were like, man, that's what I, I wanted to talk about. We're big on continuing the conversation around here, okay? So if there's another, if, if, if I kind of, if I didn't speak for as long on one of those things that forgiveness is or it's not that you want to talk more about, I will gladly talk to you about any of these. Anybody on staff will also, okay? Staff, our phone numbers are on one of the doors out of the, coming out of the meeting room, okay? So if you want to talk to us tonight, cool. If you want to text us and set up a time to talk later, we'll do that, okay? I, I just want you to hear that. I want you to know that. This doesn't have to be the last time we talk about this. It shouldn't be, in fact. Because why is it so hard for me to forgive is a big question. I mean, it really is. And, and I, hope, I hope you'll look at those pictures. I hope those pictures don't just go into the camera roll and just disappear forever. You know, I don't know, favorite them or whatever. Or put a, made it, make an album entitled, Donnie made me make this album. Um, <laughs> And I don't like him for it. Um, that's a long album title, um, but I hope these things that forgiveness is and it isn't will help us not just forgive people, which is important, but also have the courage to ask ourselves, why is it so hard for us to do? Because see, y'all, both of those lists, we could—I mean, we could—we could stand here, we could lengthen both of those lists, we could add things. I want to add something to one thing to each of those lists: one thing that forgiveness is not, one thing that forgiveness is. That I guess technically if you're, if you're not a Christian, and I, these next, the next two points you can be like, eh, I don't think so. I mean, if you're, if you're a Christian, I, I think this, we, we need to do this. I think we need to understand this about forgiveness. And even if you're not a Christian, I think trying it will work because I think it lines up with Jesus' way and His way is best. One thing forgiveness is not, forgiveness is not optional. This is not... And something that forgiveness is, is absolutely necessary. When you read through the Gospels, the four accounts of Jesus' time on earth, and you see Jesus talk about prayer, very, very often he also talks about forgiveness. Shortly after he presents the the model prayer, what we call the Lord's Prayer, which includes the phrase, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. He says this, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That's Matthew's gospel. Mark's gospel puts it a little bit differently, but again, at the end of some teaching on prayer, Mark records Jesus as saying, And whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Now, those are not threats. Okay? Please hear that. These are not threats. This is not God saying, you better forgive, because if you don't, I'm not going to either. Okay? These are just statements of fact. This is just the, the way it works. And I think that word may is hugely important. Okay, we should forgive others so that God may forgive us. I don't think it means so that God might forgive us. I think it means so that God is able to forgive us. Which maybe we start thinking, hold up, you're telling me I can do something that prevents God from, from doing something? Like, what could make it so God is not able to forgive me? And the answer to that lies in where Jesus says forgiveness must come from, at the end of A parable found in Matthew 18, which is the parable of the unforgiving servant. Fantastic parable. I would strongly encourage you to read Matthew 18 if you're interested more in talking about what Jesus had to say about uh, forgiveness. Jesus says that you forgive your brother from your heart. I think if we're really honest, the answer to why is it so hard for me to forgive is my heart. See, we hear this this idea, and and this is a biblical idea, there there are verses in the Bible that talk about guarding your heart, okay, guarding your heart. And I think sometimes we mistakenly think that means protect it at all costs. And oftentimes to protect our hearts, we harden it, making it impossible to give or receive forgiveness, See, if our hearts are super hard and we're unwilling to forgive, and by the way, the more you're unwilling to forgive, the harder your heart will get, not only can your heart not give forgiveness, it can't receive it either. That's what Jesus is saying when He says, forgive your brothers so that God may forgive you. Because if you're not willing to give it, you won't be able to receive it. Because our hearts get hardened and bitter. Now, I know it comes with a cost. Forgiveness comes with a cost. But a little before he gave that model prayer, Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And here's the thing. I don't think he's just talking about when we die. Because I think when we see forgiveness, we see God. I think we see God working through forgiveness. I mean, when that Amish school shooting happened and that community forgave, y'all, the nation took notice. And that was all over every news outlet. We see God working through forgiveness, and we also see God in the face of the person we are forgiving and in the face of the person who is forgiving us. I know this is hard. But the weight of the silence in the room is noticeable, and if you've stayed tuned in this long, thank you. Uh, I know this is hard i don't even know I don't even know every story in the room, and I know for some of us this is probably insanely difficult. I'm not going to act like it's not now, uh, for our students that have been here for a while, you are probably expecting at this point index cards. Um, new folks, I have done talks on forgiveness in the past where i Uh, give everybody an index card and say, hey, write down the name of somebody that you're having a hard time forgiving. Keep it in your pocket or somewhere where you're going to see it regularly. And every time you see it or feel it in your pocket, pray for that person. Okay, I'm not doing that tonight. Y'all are like, whew. Nope, don't, don't, don't. It's so much worse. It's so much, it's so much harder. It's just like when I was typing it, I was just like, oh, really, God? It's just like, okay. I'm not doing that tonight because the card makes it about them, and our question tonight is all about us. I don't want us to look outward, I want us to look inward because I want us to ask ourselves, why is it so hard for me to forgive see if i if I give you the card and you write down the name, which I think I thinks that is how I was able to forgive the people that cost me my job at my dream school, okay? But as Joseph told his brothers, what they meant for evil, God made good, because I'm standing here, so thanks for the gossip. Um, <laughs> but I want to challenge us to look not at what they did to us. I'm not saying we dismiss it. I'm not saying we deny it. But I want to challenge us not to look at what they did that still needs to be forgiven, but to look at ourselves and ask why it's so hard to forgive. Y'all, what I'm asking us to do is to trust God with your heart. We just sang a song called King of My Heart. So I'm I'm asking you to not just sing that, but to actually live it. And I'm not going to act like that is not difficult because it is. But if you will trust God with your heart, He will open it and soften it. I'll just be real. He may have to break it first. But he'll do that to the point that you are both able to give and receive forgiveness. Even the person you can't even imagine forgiving. Because even the stuff that people mean for evil, God can make it good. If we'll trust him with our hearts. So may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all as we look inside our hearts to see why it's so hard for us to forgive. Let's pray. God, you have forgiven us. Of everything we have ever done wrong. I believe, God, you've forgiven us for stuff we haven't even done yet. Because you love us that much. Um, There are a lot of things about your son, Jesus, that are easy to admire and so hard to emulate. And I think forgiveness is near the top of that list for sure. God, there is... There is pain in hearts tonight as we talk about forgiveness because it is hard for us to talk about forgiveness and not think about the wrongs that have been done to us. And so, God, I just pray that you would soften hearts. I pray that you would soften our hearts, remove the bitterness of of unforgiveness and and the hatred of desire for revenge, and instead, God, that you would just fill us up with a desire to be like your son, Jesus to be willing to forgive, uh, God, I pray that you would just do a work in us that we can't even imagine right now. I pray that you would motivate us to, to look inside ourselves and then have some conversations. Init- eventually conversations where we forgive, but, in- but initially maybe just conversations more about forgiveness. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for forgiving us. Please enable us, strengthen us, embolden us, and give us the courage to forgive as you have forgiven us. In Jesus' name we pray.